Welcome everyone to the LGA podcast that is Lit Gaming Arena for those of you who don't know. This is the first episode of the new year. That's right. It's 2019. New you, new us, new podcast that's a month old, but we got new stuff coming for you. We have a review show coming up pretty soon that we are recording directly after this episode, but we do not have a name for it yet, but we will tell you when it is launched. Again, like to welcome everyone to our show. And to my right is Justin. Say hi to everyone. What's up? And to my left is Frost. Say hi to everyone. Hello. I am here and ready to go and ready to talk loud. Good. That'll be better than last time. (laughs) 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 Like to kick this off uh, the fifth episode by. talking about this the the fifth episode the new games being released uh this month um we're gonna cover the first and second week of january because we missed that last episode that got a little off rails we're going it was a crazy episode we're going back to uh we had the holiday fever more normal format i think there's a different fever going on in this in this area in this room (laughs) the sickness (laughs) It was All right. it was Marcus sickness. <laughs> First, um, we have fitness boxing that's coming out on January fourth for the Switch. You ready to box? Um, I, that game looks pretty good. I'm not gonna lie, that game I'm interested at the very least. I wish it wasn't a full price, well, close to full price game. I've only seen bucks. stuff in passing. Looks interesting at the very least. Uh, After Charge, which comes out January tenth for Xbox, Switch, and Steam. And that is the game that I plan on playing and reviewing. And what are you going to check it out on? Uh, the Xbox. All right. And Bury Me, My Love, January 10th as well on Switch and Steam. Also me. And then uh, Double Cross coming January 10th as well for Switch and Steam. <laughs> then Mario and Luigi, Bowser's Inside Story and Bowser Jr.'s Journey coming out january 11th for the 3ds uh a remake somewhat with some added stuff does it does it have bowsette that's my no it's 100 will not (sighs) and then new super mario bros u deluxe january 11th for switch uh tales of vesperia definitive edition january 11th for xbox ps4 switch pc and no 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 takers on that one that one looks interesting to me um yeah i don't i I, I played Tales of Vesperia on the 360 a little bit, but I never finished it. So I'm looking forward to check that one out again. And I am purchasing new Super Mario Bros. U as well. Uh, both those really interest me um, to go through that again. Well, I mean, you you got to buy every Mario game ever made. It's just... It's got Toadette. <laughs> and she's got Power Crown. <laughs> I, a lot of these Does games it, are... Sweet. I want Bowser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of these are on the Switch. Um as frost was saying (laughs) thank you marcus (laughs) every game ever all right and then the ps plus games that for the month of january are which we mentioned last week but yeah just to cover a little bit more in depth is steep 
Portal Knights, Zone of the Enders HD Collection on PS3, Amplitude on PS3, uh, Fallen Legion and Flames of Rebellion for PS Vita, and Super Mutant Alien Assault for Vita. Uh, and Amplitude, I have played, it's uh, not as good as the original, uh, sadly, and Zone of the Enders, I mean, they were good back in the day, I don't know how they hold up today. Yeah, I'm looking forward to checking those out, <clears throat> but unfortunately I don't have a Vita, so I can't play any of those. Oh, yeah, um, well, <laughs> that's too bad. Uh, anybody with a Vita should snatch those up, because they're going away soon. All five of them. <laughs> and Games with Gold have Never Alone, which is offered December 16th through January 15th, so that's been available for a Already while Already have now. that one, yes. And Celeste, January 1st through the 31st of January. Yep. Uh, Laura Croft and the Guardian of Light, January 1st through the 15th. Which I had on PC and never played. <laughs> and then later in the month, there will be WRC 6, uh, which will be available January 16th to February 15th, and Far Cry 2 for 360, which will be available January 16th to the 31st. I love that that they do that backwards compatibility but they're still going strong with that I, I still wish xbox didn't stagger their releases that way because i like to just download everything yeah it's weird and, it's like, like oh half half the month in you have to remember to I, log back in yeah, and download I like, something I, I have forgotten to download the secondary games before oh, no. which is not great yeah i really don't like that they do that either I just, I, the one thing I wish that all of them would still do is just like when you're signed up, you just automatically get them added to your library. I don't yeah. see why you have to go and make the step of going and just clicking a button to install it, but then stop it from downloading because I don't have space. You gotta do the work. You gotta put in the legwork. <laughs> if you want that free game, you gotta work for it. Yeah. And there are a few new games to Game Pass. Some of these were in December, but I'm just gonna cover them anyway, so we can just cover all these going forward. Uh, since th this is kind of going to be the new uh, format and se like segment order. That's right. 2019, new format. <laughs> Even though this is a new podcast. It's fully it's a new. <laughs> we started a month ago. We're, we're changing it up because it's 2019, everybody. So the new games on Game Pass for Xbox are Life is Strange Complete Season, Life is Strange Before the Storm, Life is Strange 2 Part 1. So you could play basically all of that that's out for Life is Strange, which is... It's kind of like the Telltale games a little bit. Um, I mean, I, anybody who likes Telltale games or like the David Cage games should definitely check those out. Uh, Ark Survival Evolved, if anybody's still interested in that. <laughs> um, well, they've moved on at this point to Atlas, right? <laughs> yes. Farming Simulator 17, Absolver, which was given away for free on PlayStation. And Just Cause 3, if you want to get caught up on Just Cause 2, play the new one is now on Game Pass. And will run better than Just Cause 4. Unfortunately. <laughs> As, yeah, that's... That that saddens me a lot, because I actually was looking forward to Just Cause 4, but now I'm kind of like, well, I'm glad I didn't spend $60 on it, because it looks like it runs like garbage. Well, now if you haven't, you can check out Just Cause 3. Mm -hmm. I know wow. I haven't. Wow. I, might, I might check it out. Just Cause 3, at least. I never liked any of them. Just Cause... Just cause. It's just I, cause. I loved Just Cause 2. Why are you blowing that up? Just cause. <laughs> um, Your chaos score. That's why. <laughs> anyway, moving into the next segment, uh, which we've been doing pretty consistently. So, Justin, what you been playing? 
I've been playing Celeste. I downloaded it. Okay. How far are you? I got. I'm at the basically the boss of the fourth or the third stage. So you're where I was. Yeah, where you were last time we talked about it. I have finished that game. You finished it. Yeah, and you are playing on Xbox. Yeah, correct. Okay, I was playing on Switch. And how is that controlling for you? It controls really good, um, especially with the Elite controller. <laughs> okay, my it's really it controls really nice on the Switch. It's kind of I never know what to use because the D-pad is not far from the best D-pad because it's kind of like these individual buttons in a way. Oh. And then the uh, analog stick, it doesn't grip your hand very well, so yeah, it see, slips I, off a lot. And I never have any issues with the analog stick on the Xbox. I mean, if I were... Is it on the PlayStation? Or is Yeah, it, it is on the PlayStation. Okay, like if I were to play it on the PlayStation, I probably would use the D-pad. Yeah, because the D-pad, you there is a lot of diagonal movement, and it's probably easier to nail that down with the D-pad rather than the analog stick. See, and I went into this thinking I would use the D-pad a lot, and then I like couldn't really. But that's <laughs> because the Switch doesn't have a great D-pad. This is garbage D-pad. Yeah, and I I've played a little with the Pro Controller, but I ended up playing this a lot in the handheld mode. Um, it seems that's, like it would be pretty good to play in the handheld mode. Yeah, that's been my preferred way to play. At least if games. you, at least if you, aren't the type that likes to throw things when you get angry. Yeah, um, <laughs> wouldn't want to throw that across the room. <laughs> Dying five hundred times in a level. I be, uh, <laughs> played that for probably fifteen minutes, and did I did not like the way it felt. Oh, on you the didn't like Xbox it? controller? See, no, it felt so, too clunky and too big in my hands. Really, I. Th- it felt to me. It that's felt be, really nice. That's because you favor the Xbox. I like. Are you, the, are you talking about the controller specifically? Opinions. Yeah. Okay. See, I. I mean, I thought. But also, I am retarded at playing platform games. I mean, so. Oh yeah, I'm historically <laughs> terrible at all platformers. But but you got to tough it out. Yeah, I mean, I did not beat Super Meat Boy, but I have a chance of beating it again. So. But how how you feeling about how this looks? I really like the look. I love the whole aesthetic of it. Um, I think my only visual complaint is like the uh, stage select is like weirdly 3D and the rest the of the game poly. is yeah the low poly 3D and like untextured almost like I would rather it just be just like a hand drawn pixel world. Yeah and they had a kind of a pixel world in Towerfall uh, which being the other game by this same yeah. developer so interesting choice. I, I don't mind the low poly. I, I think it I mean, it, it adds nothing the, to the game. It's just it's it the aesthetic of the mountain, I think. Yeah. But I mean, other than that, I really like the the sound design is really good. I know um, the music is really, really good to listen you see, to. You see why I was pulling for that soundtrack <laughs> for like game. Like, yeah, it was, it's a really good soundtrack. Um, I mean, the sounds the characters make, like each one sounds differently when they're talking, even though they're not actually talking. It's just you, you feel like what each character is actually like yeah and i know i have heard complaints of uh some people don't like that the characters themselves like the the character models that you're moving don't have faces or like mouths really or noses i mean they're just pixels so i mean yeah Yeah. i was was like the uh when the characters are talking they have so much flavor because the animated little shorts and i like the little stills when you complete levels yeah and it's just like why do you need a dot and a line for for eyes on a pixel 
I mean, that I think doesn't it would really... detract from it. Myself. Yeah, I mean, I. It is kind of weird when they do zoom in on it sometimes, and you're like, "Wow, this is like, there's just giant pixels on my on my <laughs> HD screen." In uh, chapter three, did you find the Pico Eight machine, the like old or like prototype for Celeste that's in there? No, I think I know where it is. Okay, I wasn't I, able to get to it. I th- when I, I got to that, I saw I, like a I secret room, that. but I couldn't get to it. I, I beat that thing and it took me a ridiculously long amount of time. <laughs> so for my like chapter three play is probably like super bloated. <laughs> yeah, I'm still on the boss for it. I I mean, it was like I think I got to that part and had gotten to the boss maybe at like 1045 last night and i was like okay i gotta go to bed it was like 11 o'clock and it's like i gotta go to bed well hopefully you complete that and then we can do a segment on that uh that's more complete in the review section i'm I'm looking forward to playing more of it because i did really despite the fact that i'm terrible at platformers i did really enjoy it and i really want to see how the how the game ends up all right i for one did not enjoy what i played of it i'm not i'm not on the train (laughs) I'm going to be the hater. I, I have a different game for you, but we'll get to that. I oh, did. Boy. Uh, I have a, I did actually um, download and play on rush last weekend. Oh, how is that? I haven't checked that out yet. It's strange. I, it takes a while to actually like, you have to go and kind of do like a couple different, like they introduce you to the game through like two different segments, I believe. I um, felt like, it was a more modern age. Twisted metal is what it always looked like to me. Yeah, but they're without weapons. Oh, they're without weapons. There's I no just weapons. Knew what you were like. It's just ramming vehicles. Hmm. And and that's what's kind of weird to me. Like I love I came I come from loving demolition derby type games. I loving I never played Twisted Metal because I was a never had a PlayStation back in the day. That's unfortunate. Yeah, it was unfortunate. But I mean we've discussed this before. <laughs> um so I played a lot of Vigilante Eight. Oh, I love that game. Those too. were fantastic games. Um, so this was a little bit different. Um, there was there there was one on the 360, I think, that was kind of like an arcade style game with a little bit of demolition, but it had weapons. But I cannot remember what it was. But Big it, Mother Truckers. No, <laughs> <laughs> it was a really good game. But the I think the it's it's definitely different because every other game aside from like Vigilante Eight or something. It's, I mean, those games aren't really racing. It's just you plop into a middle of an arena and you're just shooting people with weapons. But this one, it's like a racetrack, but you're not trying to be the first. You have to just stay in the pack and just collect points. Like there's different modes where you have to, one mode, you have to just stay in a certain zone and your team captures, it's like capture the hill, but the hill's moving on a racetrack. Oh, that's interesting. Um, and that was that's probably my favorite mode of of the everything I've played so far. But at the same time, I do like the mode where you just have to constantly like you get points for using boost and you get boost through other ways uh, like landing jumps or um, destroying other vehicles. Um, and there's like an opposing team. You can wreck their vehicles or you can, their other like motorcycles. Yeah. That doesn't aren't... it fill the, uh, teams online with bots if need be? Yep. Oh, that's um, cool. so, I mean, I haven't played anything online, so it's just, I've been playing against all bots. Okay. Um, and so it's like you have like your team and then there's an opposing team and then there's neutral vehicles that are just racing around the track and you just smash into everybody that you can. Um, I'm curious if that game's online is populated now that they gave it away for 
free on PlayStation Plus in December, or if it's like kind of stagnant. Because I know yeah, that maybe. was part of the problem is it kind of didn't have a super big base, but that's why the bots help a lot. That could be the case, but I am I am playing it on uh, Xbox because it's on uh, Game Pass. So that's where so I'm, it's it's doubling down on being free. <laughs> doubling down on being free. I mean, well, if you're, at yeah. least if you're paying, to I mean, you're paying still, for the freeness. Yeah, paying um, a little bit. But the controls, it controls differently than you would imagine. Most racing, it seems more fluid. It's more forgiving uh, for turning and stuff. Um, but my biggest frustration is I've seemed to have trouble kept keeping up with the pack. Uh, so to speak so like there's benefits of being in the pack because you can get more points for wrecking into other vehicles you if could you get... make a vehicle phalanx <laughs> <laughs> so i mean if you're if you're too far ahead or too far behind you're not there's less opportunities for you to smash into other vehicles um that had, had issues trying to do that but then in, in addition to that it feels like my vehicles don't pack a punch for some reason but there's no difference like hmm. the vehicles are all the same i mean each vehicle you can choose is different but like there's no upgrading or anything it's just the vehicle you have is the one you have and it just seems like the enemy vehicles can just one shot me when i when they hit me but like i hit someone else and like they just kind of push over and then me trying to smash into them just makes me go off a cliff Maybe you just need to put more time in and figure yeah, out what's going to, on. I just need to get. I need to get good scrub. <laughs> That's what I need to do. All right. Did you play anything else? Um, not really. All right, Frost. What What have you been playing? Uh, so I beat the both the DLCs for Spider Man. Uh, that's quite an amazing uh, achievement for me. I'm super proud of myself because it took me forever to do them. And then I started playing Never Alone that's on Game Pass. What are you thinking so far of that? I like it. It's relaxing. Um, and what I like about it the most is that it's not so much a game as it is kind of a historical cultural lesson. So it's got a lot of segments in it. Like you go through the game and you can collect these memories or these knowledge moments and then you can go through your library and play these segments that talk about native alaskans um their culture what they would use for fur to keep them warm uh the different spirits that they worshipped and what they meant so and it comes with like pictures old old pictures of um, native alaskans dressed in their you know stereotypical eskimo attire that everybody thinks is when they think of eskimo they think of that um and <clears throat> it's fairly easy to go through and it's not really a complex game the graphics are pretty simple and straightforward and the point of the game is pretty straightforward it's almost kind of like limbo with the way your character moves and how she jumps and goes through the levels it definitely reminds me of limbo uh, the music is so-so. I really so, liked so. Limbo, so I'll probably check that out then. Yeah. I like it. And it's um, it's actually supposed to be a pretty short game. I'm probably a quarter of the way through right now. Uh, it's only like seven chapters long or something like that. You gonna so. put up a review for that? Yeah, I'll probably write a review for it. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I, really, I mean, there's nothing much to it, but I don't have any new games that are just releasing right now uh so i may as well just review some games that i'm playing at least 
I think that's a good way to go about it. Um, it's just anything uh, you play is worth uh, just mentioning. Yeah. And I, I think it's interesting to get a perspective of certain games being played like in a 2019 and how some of them may hold up or how it, how your yeah. feelings may change over time. Yeah, because this game was uh, released back in 2014. And I also feel like I have a lot more to say about it because I am a history major uh, and Native American history was something that I studied, but more about the Midwest and the North, but I didn't go so much far as Alaska so it's kind of a new piece of knowledge for me to learn about in uh, Native American cultural history. So I always like it when something new is offered for me to learn. And I like the way they interwove history with the game. I just thought it was super creative that the little historical videos and learning moments or achievements that you can get in the game. Yeah, so it has like little vignettes in there. Of- yeah like history type stuff or just informational pieces on yeah flesh out the that universe i guess in a way yeah and it it bounces back and forth between three different mediums where it's just straight up video content of people that that went to make the game talking about the history and the meaning behind the game and then there's the gameplay itself and then there's kind of like story mode where it almost looks like cave drawings moving and i really like that it's kind of eerie and i really like that it's eerie so i have a lot to say that i'll probably be able to flush out a little bit more uh in writing than i would be able to talk about it all right and in time people can check that out on the lga website when that's posted probably up at the end of next week all right and so you played spider-man and never alone and anything else or is that everything that was everything well actually oh, no, a little bit of celeste <laughs> i played a little bit of celeste but i'm actually this is kind of cheating but i'm still gonna go for it uh justin and i played bandersnatch <laughs> that definitely the, quote unquote played yeah, yeah the uh <laughs> choose Net- your own Netflix, story uh choose your own adventure well i think it counts because it's about a video game and it's a choose your own adventure which you know is the core of a lot of rpgs anyway and that is a black mirror thing yep. just for our listeners um yeah it's a black mirror standalone movie mm-hmm. that they just released and, and you don't need to watch the series in order to watch the, any, yeah, that's that's true for all of their episodes every episode is separate from each other there is i mean they'd they say that none of them are connected, but they, I mean, they say that, but they're, it's all just Easter eggs within Easter eggs for that whole show. Yeah. I mean, I haven't checked it out, but I know it's on there. There is the Minecraft story mode yep. uh, that's on there. I don't know how that functions through Netflix. I've played it on console, but. Yeah, same. I had it on the Xbox and I played, mo- I didn't beat it. I played most of it on the Xbox. So I'm wondering how it actually functions on Netflix. Yeah, I've just like seen it in there and I keep being like, I should just click on that and see what it looks like. I think I would assume it takes away all the movement and just uh, it just changes everything to just selecting the option. Well, we'll find out maybe and I'll we'll talk about it next week. Yeah, if you if you want to play through it again, <laughs> it's kind of a long thing to play through. Well, I probably it's, won't play the whole yeah, thing. I'll it's just really, uh, it's really in. slow moving. Yeah, the Bandersnatch thing is really cool. I love the way that they dealt with that 
the storytelling I think is pretty unique. A lot of people play it off. Oh, well, choose your own adventure is dumb, but I, it I, sounded like it had like near infinite options and that it's going to take forever to peel this thing apart. Nah, I would say no, it's not that long. It would, I bet it's about as long as just watching a movie. I would say still, right. um, I don't want to spoil too much, but I highly recommend watching it slash playing it. Um, and don't be afraid to fail. <laughs> yeah. Do not like if you get an ending, don't just stop. Just keep keep going. That also sounds like the Celeste mentality. Yeah, just keep going. Just, just, be proud of just, the you, what, what the, one die, of this one going. of this yeah, one of the screens in Celeste says, uh, uh don't uh be proud of your deaths your your learning <laughs> something like that very much yeah but the difference between bandersnatch and celeste is that you don't have any talent you don't need any talent or skill <laughs> well yeah because the talent is all the talent in bandersnatch is all in the character before we move on again from celeste just touching on this again real quick uh since you had mentioned you were trying it and not doing well at it, there is uh, like more accessibility modes in that. And uh, I, I never checked those out, but you may want to just check out what those are and like see if that maybe makes the game more accessible, more playable. Maybe see what I, I'm, I don't know what those do. I just know they are like they directly have said like, oh, we didn't want to make the game like super hard. So despite them people. releasing super hard levels this <laughs> month. Yeah. And I mean, the B sides make are like harder challenges and there are C sides and oh my God. there's going to be the harder stuff as well. <laughs> How can there be C sides? There's only two sides to a tape. The I, C sides. <laughs> this is we're quantum tapes. I, I, I don't think there's any kind of level of handicap <laughs> that could help me play through a game like this because it's just too much intricate hand-eye coordination that i just don't have like i'm not very good at jumping and landing on things <laughs> okay but a game i finished <laughs> that i think can give could give you an appreciation for or it's very toned down kind of good introductory to platforming is gris or i've heard it called gris yeah uh, and it there is no like punishment and it didn't seem like you could fail in any way um but I think it's a great introductory to platforming, especially for people who don't play a lot of games. And it's, I mean, it visually just looks great. Yeah. So, and like, it's got good music, good visuals. It's very relaxing. Yeah. And that might be a good way to get into or interested in platforming. Yeah. And I, I watched you play some of Gris as well. And I would equate, uh, never alone a little bit to it too as far as there's there's a part where i was watching you and gris where you had to fight against a sandstorm in order to stay still in it and, yeah, and never alone has I the was, same thing but with a blizzard i wasn't at the point but you get a uh hardening power that kind of puffs you into a square block <laughs> so you're like heavier and okay. you can still move as a square block but yeah it's like like I said, it, it, and it's not punishing at all, and all the puzzles are fairly easy, so it's a good relaxing, like... <laughs> unlike unlike the puzzle you happened to happened upon me with, with the polar bear and Never Alone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not built to be very good at games, but I keep going! 
Anyway, so uh, that was just to touch on Gris, which I had been playing and finished. And that um, you also talked about in the last episode. Yeah, I just didn't. <laughs> I hadn't had it finished at that point. So just I, I yeah, we just update, brought it up a little I bit. I did finish it this Yay. time. So it, and I was pretty close to the end, actually. So it's not much longer than where I was at. So in the future, you can expect some sort of uh, review, an audio review <laughs> for that. Probably. Possibly. Possibly. Probably uh, not. <laughs> and then I finished Oberdin, uh, the Return of the Oberdin. Very, I I really like that game. Um, yeah, I, I did take kind of a break from that and went back to it and just finished up the last little bit I had. So explain Oberdin for our listeners. So you are like a uh, you're an insurance claims like adjuster type person, and you're oh my. God. Yeah, you are investigating <laughs> this uh, accident that happened on the Oberdin, which is a ship, um, and uh. it, it has kind of a sci-fi element. <laughs> like, which I, I don't want to give. Too these much are of from this the same people away. as Papers Please, correct? Yes, and but you have like a weird, uh, like watch that kind of like if you find somebody who died or like body or remains, you can kind of use this watch to go back and see almost like a still of like a of like a newspaper and but it's like a newspaper clip you can walk through and you're an insurance and yeah you're investigating and you have to find <laughs> you, you have to find who like essentially this person died how did they die and you like that's you, not what a claims adjuster does well oh, you're an insurance person <laughs> yeah but investigator but you anyway you you are investigating this and you are to so they can divvy out the correct amount of money for these these people that passed or just the accident that happened um so yeah you have to and they come in you when you're guessing in your log you have to have three things that are correct before it locks them in so you might you you basically will put answers down that you are kind of unsure of just in case you happen upon it being right, because uh, they only come in threes. But you have to put, like, theoretically, this is Captain So-and-so. He was, like, shot by... And then you all have to put whoever, like, shot him. Or, like, was killed by drowning or something. Okay. Yeah, and it, it's it's a real novel experience, but it, like, never overstayed its welcome. So Yeah, I heard it's really good. Um, I mean... It- if I recall it, it's been ranked pretty highly on most people's like game yeah. of the year lists. I can 100% see why, but we'll get into that later on the review side of things <laughs> when that's actually up and running. So the audio reviews. I would that be good as maybe... fuck at that game. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it's, maybe it's you such, should play it. It's a tricky one. <laughs> there are some that you're like. Some and I think this is part like I never played Papers Please, but I think it does get a little into like the race game like you have to be like that guy looks chinese (laughs) (laughs) it's interesting like it really tests your deductive skills because you you kind of have to discern like people's roles by like names like once again you'll have like a russian name in your list and you're like that guy does kind of look russian but it's hard to tell because like the faces are kind of so like a newspaper almost okay do you have to go to these crime scenes and investigate them yourself and everything i mean they're all on the boat yeah Mm. but yeah it's it's an interesting piece and i don't want to 
spoil anything too much here. Though yeah, because it's like all narrative, basically. Yeah, the the review side of things as well probably will be fairly spoiler free. It might dabble a little bit, but I try to give only enough to pique people's interest. But I do think this game's one hundred percent worth checking out. I wonder if that's what I assume it probably would be life insurance, but I wonder if that's what life insurance uh, claims adjusters actually do is go and look at the crime scene, quote unquote. I mean, I feel like they just look to. at the paperwork. Well, somebody's like, got to go like, in yeah, a that'd car be like a accident. private eye. Yeah. Like, like I imagine a like detective, like if like whenever like you have like hail damage and they have to send someone out, like, we have to inspect your house to, to tell you how much damage you have and how much money we're actually going to give you. Well, because, yeah, whatever your job is, you're reporting back to the insurance firm to divvy out the correct amounts of money. And it does... Who's getting the money? (laughs) That's the best part is at the end of the game, it does tell you, like, the amounts divvied out. Oh, God. That's just such a weird So if you did your job right... Well, I mean, you you should check out papers, please, then, (laughs) because... It's like... It's like... And you can end Clue the game early. Like, you can leave, like, after you've solved, I don't know, a, a fistful of these. And just, I mean, like, your amounts would be very wrong. And, like, <laughs> you'd be a, which is kind of like, I guess, a real, like, slice of life there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done here. I only, I, I, don't, I didn't feel like I'm having investigating. A bad day. The secret is that. Nobody could do it right because there's no such thing as a claims adjuster anymore. It's all just algorithms. I don't know. That's this a conspiracy. Is, we're all run by computers now. It's, yeah, but not if you got a super special watch that lets you go <laughs> and be in a slice of time. Insurance doesn't work like that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it did. They, they, they had a cool they like, just, watch. They for, just they have a, they, or some glasses and a cool glove that just allows you to. They just to. print everything out on a spreadsheet, and and the smallest dollar amount is what you get. <laughs> I mean, yeah, twenty. <laughs> Sorry, this person died. Here's twenty bucks. <laughs> yeah, here's a here's a gift card to Dairy Queen. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> uh, drown your sadness in the blizzard. Is this a wooden nickel? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we are sponsored by Blizzard. <laughs> not Blizzard no, Entertainment, no, but Blizzard not. the 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 Blizzard the the Dairy, Dairy Queen, Queen thing. The, the dessert. Yes. Uh. That no. sounds really good right now. It's right. like 10 degrees. And I have when played. When it's coldest out is when it's best for ice cream. Smash that like button if you agree. I have what, what, Do you think Smash. this is on YouTube? <laughs> <laughs> this part needs to be cut. Why does it need to be cut out? The does blizzard it... part needs to be cut. I'm, you can't I'm... talk about eating. You need to be a robot on here. You need to. <laughs> I don't want to hear shit about shit. I don't no more sponsor talk. Doctor Thunder was... will get summoned. He'll bring the, <laughs> the thunder down upon you. All right. I have also played uh, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu. Uh, yeah, the Pikachu version and not the Eevee version because that's the correct version to play. Um, for all those haters out there, <laughs> <laughs> is that a fact or an opinion? Uh, I didn't know people let's were. Just say it's a fact. I didn't know people <laughs> were buying and selling Pokemon until recently. Buying and selling, Pokemon? yeah, through Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee, Dark Means. What are they selling? Like Meltan? For I don't like know. Twenty bucks? I don't something? know, but I know someone who made like almost two hundred dollars. That's criminal. Selling Pokemon. It's it's a fun game. I'm enjoying it so far. I have four badges currently. I'm still just kind of 
chugging through it, but it's a pretty good Pokemon game, surprisingly, because uh, I had... After you were hating on it when I first told asked you yeah, you were buying it. Yeah, I know. It, I had you're my, like, that's not a Pokemon game. That's just Pokemon <laughs> Go with the Pokemon skin. I'm weak-willed. Okay, I'm very weak-willed. You were drawn in by the Pokemon. I heard a lot of chatter that got me interested. I still, when I get a Switch, I'm going to pick that up because... It sounds like a Pokemon game that I want because I tried getting into the last generation and it was just like way too much because I haven't played since Silver and Gold. Have I got the best news for you that I found out? Pokemon Ooh. Let's Go is two player. You can just pick up uh, another Joy-Con and you can play it two player. And what? The, How does uh, that work? <laughs> yeah, it summons a second like person. And they can walk around, and they'll have your they'll have your Pokemon or your yeah. Pokemon that's in the number two slot for being out. Um, and you battle the trainers with two Pokemon. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, you double you double down, and if when you're catching the Pokemon, you throw two Pokeballs at once. What the so hell? yeah? It, what is this? It's I mean it's ideal if you're playing with like a kid or oh, okay. like, or even if you're it's an adult like and trainer you wanna, training mode. Yeah, like if, if you're an adult and you're playing and you want your kid to play with you, I think it's a good way to do that. But um, you can obviously abuse this and just be like, <laughs> I'm going to really win. Cheese stuff. I'm going to cheat. But that that aside, I, I think that's nice that you can like play two player in it, uh, bringing back some couch co-op to the world. I do love couch co-op. I wish they would do that more often in games. But yeah, but the, they don't. the game is already really easy, um, but having two player obviously makes it even more easy and I, I i think it's a fine way to play uh just or have somebody join you just real casually so yeah, yeah. i think it, does that excite you a bit more because i mean it's it a does. small thing but it seems cool it does i mean need to indoctrinate my son more in the video <laughs> games He's having a he's a little bit rough grasp on controllers. He has a touchscreen thing down, which like all kids now like just innately can do touchscreens. But like, I don't. Know, I feel like at this point in my life, when I was like that age, I at least had an NES controller Con down. Controls were simpler back then. They were. We didn't have so many analog sticks. And but we have so much. We have the NES and the SNES Classic, and this just. You remember how much 3D like blew our mind as children? Like, yeah, like we were like, how wow. Super Mario 64 was like the like a life changing game for me when I discovered that. It, just seeing it for the first time was a life changing event. Like, like I couldn't have been. I had to have been like eight, six, seven or eight at latest when I saw that. Yeah, I mean, like. I don't remember when I, the N64 even came out. 96. So I may, yeah, I could have been maybe, six then. Yeah, maybe six. I, yeah, all I know is that my cousin, my cousin had it. So that's where I saw it first. Fun fact about me is that I didn't know video games existed until I was in sixth grade. And then my first video game was on a Game Boy Color. That's just insane. <laughs> like, I mean, just, I've been all about video games my like entire life. <laughs> All right, we're we are going to pivot into a section. This will be a this episode only type thing, uh, just to look back on last. Yeah, this year. is a once a year event here. Yeah, we're just gonna highlight history some... in the making. <laughs> <laughs> we we are gonna highlight some games that we particularly thought were good, uh, or just that we liked. Maybe just want to shine some light on, talk about a little bit. Uh, 
So we'll just start with you, Frost. What what games did you like from last year that you particularly think were good? Uh, you know, there wasn't a whole lot, actually, because most of the games that I played was, like, toward the end of the year. We'll just, uh, just throw I one out there. I didn't like Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Mm. Well, don't talk, talk about on... the ones you don't like. <laughs> no, talk <laughs> about how disappointed you were in Andromeda. We can probably talk about that for six hours. We're not going to talk about things we didn't, didn't like, only like 2018. They came out in t- last year, 2017. What? Yeah. Did it? I thought yes. it came out. Yeah, it came out in March 2017, wow. but you are behind the times. Wow. We are Where looking at 2018 here. See, friends. this is how I much my been, years just combined I would, together. I, I would have been chomping at the bit to talk about. You know what? I turn 29 I tomorrow, it. and I I feel like I'm turning 59. <laughs> <laughs> well, by the time this is out, you will be older. Uh, I'll be older than I was when this episode recorded. So happy Ooh. birthday to Justin early, uh, but in the past future. <laughs> uh, uh, days of future past. It's, uh, <laughs> but fuck you, we don't actually care. Um, Nobody cares about my birthday. This drink's for you. Shut up. <laughs> I care about your birthday. But I guess, well, the, the two, I just have two, I suppose. Well, lay it on me. I like Spider-Man. And I don't know why I like Spider-Man, because I don't like brawler games. They make me mad. Spider-Man made me mad. I'm not good at button mashing, and I'm not good at being overwhelmed by a million enemies. But that is movement. it the that aesthetic? Movement. Was it the aesthetic of it? <sighs> Moving through the city? Yeah, well, that was part of it, too. But also, the way they designed the brawler part of it was made it not as much aggravating as it could have been, because... He's kind of slippery and it's hard to catch him if you're using the dodge button like you should be. So that part is fun, but the game just progressively kept getting harder and harder and harder and throwing all these different enemies that had these different powers and that were more challenging to try and fight against. I mean, I never got used to fighting the heavy enemies, really. Those are, yeah, those are difficult. What, what well, Spider- yeah, you should play the fucking DLCs if you think I, the heavy. I will, I will. <laughs> because they throw you, they throw a heavy that has a minigun and your webs don't work on them. Yeah. So you um, <laughs> what Spider-Man is, is a game that's just full of parries. So <laughs> It's the so, entire game. Yeah, I guess that's it's what I like about It's web-slinging and parries. <laughs> so would you say Spider-Man was your favorite game of 2018? No, definitely not. No? I just started with the lower game. I The 2018 okay. game of the year from Frost's perspective was Detroit Become Human and I wanted it to win a bunch of rewards well, just, and it didn't. Well, what did you like about it? I loved the fact that it took such a intricate look into this future that could very well happen and gave you the choice of taking that future the best way that you wanted to take it so it gave me options to play the game how i wanted it to end because one of the frustrating things about a lot of movies for me is that in my head there's all these loopholes where characters can make a very simple choice and then they don't and it makes me mad so detroit become human allows you to make that very simple choice and it allows you to come to the most logical outcome instead of it being like, oh, it's, here's the pitfall and then here's the rise again. It's and not just a the... standard storytelling. Yeah. Um, I always I... liked like the Telltale games and David Cage games because like they're they're more immersive than just watching a movie. 
yeah. because you're making the choices yeah and that's that's one of the frustrating things about watching movies for me is that a lot of the times if the character is just a huge fucking dumbass i can't i can't get on board with the movie and i'll sit there and focus on how the negatives and where it went wrong and how the characters should have done like shoulda woulda coulda but that's that's the realm of wild unfounded speculations as we like to say in the literature department <laughs> uh <laughs> and in detroit human become human i worked so hard to get the most ideal ending uh that by the time i finished the game i was actually really proud because i managed to finish the game with all the characters alive safe and happy and did you go back through that a few times I only went back through it once. Okay. <laughs> uh, but I I made all the right decisions going forward. Uh, and then there was one part where I, I literally had to make a decision that I wasn't happy with in order to save one of the characters. Because otherwise that one character was going to die no matter what you do. But there's like one option. I was always interested in the replayability of those games because in my mind, especially in... Uh, All the different things you could do. Like in Heavy Rain, for example, or even uh, Beyond Two Souls, both the other David Cage games. Uh, well, he also did Indigo Prophecy. But uh, in those two... I never really went back through them because just I felt the ending I got was, was satisfying. Like, well, it was just that's my ending. Like, it, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'd feel like I was rewriting history in a way. <laughs> like, I was like, those were all my honest to like, honest to goodness. Like, that those were my choices. Like, I, if I screwed up, I got to just swallow that pill and just accept that I screwed up. And that's the way that you should play those games first and foremost. And that's what I did is I played, I committed to my decision and I played it all the way through the end and I got one ending, but then I went back and played it perfect ideal in my, in my head and then got a really good ending. Uh, I, I usually see I'm the type of person that I can play a game over and over and over again and not even care even if I make the same choices I still be happy playing it well from from a gameplay perspective um, how did you like that because for me like looking at Detroit I didn't see anything on Beyond Two Souls to be honest but I mean comparing Detroit to Heavy Rain it seemed like the actual playing of the game the uh, quick time events seemed a lot better well i mean that's to be expected too well i like, mean years have passed I mean, <laughs> they've, they've cleaned it up but the the gameplays are just are the two of the same yeah, like I it's just, the same concept look at something you analyze it you figure out and reconstruct what happened especially when you're playing as connor versus when you're playing as the detective guy in heavy rain and the reason why i'm able to say that is before I actually played Detroit Become Human, I actually had played Heavy Rain for the first time, and then I moved on to Detroit because I wanted to have that, that and classic experience. I just, would you put Heavy Rain as one of your favorite games that you played in 2018? I know it's not a 2018 game, but you did play it in 2018. You know, so. yeah, I would, I would say that Heavy Rain was a really fun and exciting game for me, and I hold a lot of value in that because you played through it like twice didn't you yeah i was I curious it, how no, that held up like actually, in today's time i actually played through it three times <laughs> that's right Jeez. it and surprisingly does hold up but i mean just those quick time events are horrific 
I love the quick time events. They're so much fun. And one of the things that made Heavy Rain so great for me this that car trait, that car scene, <laughs> that was that is something to behold. That was a real. Uh, when I did that years ago, that was a real heart pounding moment for me. That car chase scene uh, gets you pumped. But anyway, yeah. What well, to what you were saying? The it's the heart pounding moments that had me at the edge of my chair that really drove me to wanting to pick this game up and finish it as soon as possible and then not being able to let go and wanting more of it. So playing it over again to try and satisfy that excitement that it gave me. Uh, I I blew through it probably in two, three days. In the last day that I was playing it, I just stayed up all night playing it. I was like, oh, I just better finish this chapter. Well, I better finish this chapter. <laughs> uh, well, and this is always good to hear because I know you give a kind of an interesting perspective on games because you're for i'm sure some of our listeners probably aren't super avid game players as well like i'm sure we possibly possibly have a pretty good range of people but i i know you don't play a whole lot of games and aren't necessarily always going to games specifically for difficulty no so i think you would you say these games are like both uh heavy rain and detroit are good for people who probably don't play a lot of games yeah I would say they're story-driven games, and whether you're good or bad at games has nothing to do with Detroit Become Human. It's just anybody can look at it and press the triangle button. It, maybe if you don't have good hand-eye coordination, like reflexes, the you game might be friend. difficult for you. But uh, have a friend do it for you. And yeah, most watch of it, it like a movie. Yeah, most of it <laughs> is just narrative, and those are the games that I it's hold. A really, really long movie. Yeah, those are the games that I will always hold near and dear. Any any game that has a heavy uh, narrative allows me to make choices. Uh, is focused on how the characters move, how they sound, their facial expressions. That's another plus for Detroit. Is just how beautiful the characters were. I was gonna say Detroit had some really good looking visuals. I mean, oh, clearly yeah. a lot of money was dumped into that project. And I hope they, I hope they made back every single penny and you know got a profit from it because I feel like they really deserved it because they, you could tell they worked really hard and I want to give it all my praise that I can. I know it's really popular amongst girls like me anyway because. I am a disgusting Fujoshi, and a lot of girls that got into playing this game uh, got into it because it caters to that appeal of a deeper connection between characters as you're playing them. I noticed there were a, was a lot of uh, people really heavily romancing or just falling in love with Connor. Oh yeah, in that game. So. Well, he's 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 built to be so adorable. You can't you can't not love him. He's I just, really enjoyed what I've played of Detroit. I really enjoyed him as a character. I mean, he's funny because he, he doesn't he doesn't understand normal human interaction, obviously, because he's a robot. And how he chooses to respond to certain situations is how can you not love him? Like he's he's cringy, but he's also charming in the same because that's part of his appeal is that he has to be charming in order to be the detective that can persuade somebody into talking to him. Um, and then there's a lot of people that really heavily romance Connor with Hank and uh, it's kind of there and kind of not there. But what I like about the game is that if that's the path you want, if that's what you want out of the game, the game actually caters to you and it gives you a little bit of that. There's definitely, I wouldn't say that there's romance, 
blatant romance, but there is passion between Connor and Hank, and there's that building tension. Yeah, there's (laughs) some (laughs) some sexual tension a little bit. No, I wouldn't. No, there's no sexuality. Okay, just uh, it's just a matter of them building a relationship, and you can you as a player can take that relationship to whatever extent you want it to be. You can imply it that they are romantic with each other. Or you could look at it like they're, it's more of a father-son relationship. It's kind of whatever you want. And the game leaves it open-ended but gives you enough that you feel satisfied. There's no kissing or anything, but there's physical contact oh, between the characters. Oh, online has something other to say about that. <laughs> I'm talking about the game. I don't, you know, <laughs> it, it's neither here nor there what the fan fiction or the fan art says. Um, but at the end of the game, you know, if you play it right, ha- Hank reaches out he hugs connor and connor helps him in different parts of the scene where he physically has to help him stand up and it's just it tugs at your heartstrings a bit i it's hard (laughs) to explain i don't know if it was intentional on the game designer's part or not because it seems like they were just trying to go for ah this is your buddy cop relationship but me looking into it i can read so much more out of it and that's what i appreciate the most about it other than it being beautiful (laughs) all right and was there any other games you'd like to mention or is that kind of no those are your highlights yeah i haven't really i didn't really get my toes into video games very much this year all right moving over to justin um so i definitely one thing i definitely have to agree on is spider-man i've said it before but all I wanted in a Spider-Man game was just a better version of Spider-Man 2, and I got what I asked for. <laughs> okay, so this is really good web slinging. It feels really good. I've, I mean, it's just I'm just repeating myself with how awesome. I didn't beat the game yet because it's very hard to. It's it's a very long game. <laughs> so, what well, was there anything else like any other games you would like to maybe shine some light on that maybe some less common games that we don't hear as much about some less common games like fortnite (laughs) because i played a lot of fortnite okay that's i'm terrible at it by the way you get get one fortnite i've won this whole podcast i've gotten one victory royale and it wasn't even a solo game all right was it anything else please (laughs) (laughs) um I don't just my old standby Rocket League. Ever since Rocket League came came out, it's like the only thing I play. All right, and I'm curious to see how that will hold up going into a 2019. I think one of the most important things to know about Justin is that a game that's narrative intense, like the games that I like, are definitely not the games that are suited for him because he wants to be able to just boot up a game, play it, and then be able to stop and not. Yeah, have to I take like up to just time. jump right in. That's why I like Minecraft so Once. much because I can just jump in and play it, and then stop whenever I feel like it. Yeah. Spider Man kind of accomplishes both yeah. ends because it has a very solid narrative, but you can just swing around and do whatever. Yeah. But and I understand why it would be time consuming because once you get into you know you don't the brawler top of it part of it, it can go on forever. Especially yeah, when if you, you're sucking it up when you're when you're trying to like defeat one of the, like the the warehouses or whatever. Like uh, basically, those, I just started skipping. All yeah, those those, those just basically <laughs> an endless wave of enemies. Just like oh, here's twenty waves of shit you have to defeat, and it's like when's it gonna fucking end? <laughs> Never is the answer. You gotta start all over if you die. I've raged so hard. <laughs> I hope Anthem 
becomes the game that you want that you need because uh, you you need something new to play <laughs> oh, they can't just be rocket league and fortnite yeah, forever well, we, we'll we'll get to that rocket league is gonna be it, uh, rocket league eternal <laughs> rocket league eternal it's still going so it's kind of like doom <laughs> the doom eternal going on yeah all right and uh for my favorite games i'm just gonna kind of go down this list i i have wrote like written some games down but mine can be a bit lengthy uh smash definitely one of my favorite games of 2018 i i'm that's kind of going to be my forever game for quite a bit um, oh yeah my favorite vr game that i played and i just kind of got vr towards the end of that year during that black friday deal that happened but astrobot really sold me on vr in a way that i kind of wasn't expecting and it really uh it, it hit some things and feelings that i haven't felt since like mario 64 in a way uh so it, it was a new frontier yeah it was a good like proof of concept for vr in a way so i really liked that one Mega Man 11 i really enjoyed it's uh and I'm a huge Mega Man fan for our listeners and anyone in this room who didn't know. But, uh, Everybody knows. Huge Mega Man fan, but I think Mega Man 11 is one of the best Mega Man games ever made. What you don't know is Marcus is dressed up as Mega Man right now. <laughs> Helmet, buster on my arm. I'm like, I'm set. But yeah, Mega Man 11, it's a great entry point, Like, which as much as the 11 might seem intimidating to people, it's a good entry point for people fresh to it because it has several difficulty options to make that game accessible and like easier to play. I believe the easy mode makes it so a lot of the jumps aren't as hard and it makes it so you have unlimited lives. And if you fall off ledges, the uh, bird, I think his name's Eddie uh, or no Eddie's, I think maybe a different one, but the bird uh, will pick you up and hover you onto a ledge. And yeah, that so, but I a Mega Man game is really it it's only made by its boss fights and this has really good boss fights so very worth checking out it's on a lot of different platforms I played on switch and really enjoyed that I played a lot in handheld mode and it is a good pickup put down game for that it really uh, seems like this year was kind of your year to shine I, I got a lot of it's what I want so many <laughs> so much stuff for Marcus Assassin's Creed Odyssey I really enjoyed as much as I know you said it, you were disappointed with it but uh, I uh, I don't think I was disappointed with it I was just well, yeah. it's kind of Blech. bland for you I guess I, I just personally really loved it I dumped over 100 hours into it and I plan to keep playing that as DLC keeps getting pumped into that it's was there four more left or uh, there's more than that oh it's, really it's and they keep adding free updates it's gonna be huge wow it's already really big so so i guess you really uh got you got your bang for your buck yeah i think it's that. the ultimate bang for your buck game um in that did i mean get 100 plus hours in it easily then i i have xcom 2 uh which I, it came out in the prior year but i didn't finish it until 2018 and it I did play the War of the Chosen, which isn't... I, it is a DLC, but it's more of a modifier to the game as a whole. Um, they did this kind of with the last XCOM as well. And it, it, in my opinion, it's the only way to play. It adds kind of a nemesis-type system to the game. You have these uh, guys that... The, like, the Chosen that keep 
popping up and kind of pestering you and they're just like these nemesis to you and they'll show up at the worst possible times and just these guys are monsters uh but killing them and finally like putting them out of their misery is one of the best most satisfying things ever you know that's one thing that i am still surprised we haven't seen more of is the nemesis system because when did shadow mortar come out like what, almost three years now i, I think mm, i mean it's it was in odyssey as well and i enjoyed that element in odyssey yeah. i think it could have got a little better in odyssey because the mercenaries don't have a whole lot of personality and I always liked that in Mordor, how they show up and they kind of like yeah. shit talk in a way. Yeah. And then I mean, you- that's one of my favorite things that was added to like any video game in the last five years. And like, I want to see more of that because it adds more replayability without having to add story. I, I think the problem in Odyssey that they ran into is obviously the mercenaries can't be immortal in a way like the uh, Orakai and... Uh, or whoever your nemesis the might orcs. be, the orcs, yeah. orakai. What I know, there's a couple different types in that uh, keep coming back because they're yeah. immortal in a way, and that so that was always funny when they come back and they would be like different in a way. Well, and I think you what, can't necessarily have that in Odyssey, but it would be nice if they just came and shit <laughs> and then you kill them. It'd be funny. Well, one well, way that explain where the orakai come from in the game. Uh, I believe so. It's been quite a while since I played the first yeah. uh, Shadow of Mordor. Well, I, I think um, a way another game could accomplish something like that would be like relatives of that person you killed. Oh, like that their, would be pretty Their fun. family members comes idea. and hunts you down because you killed them. Or yeah, like killed you killed their family my member. son or yeah. like, yeah, like I'm here to avenge so-and-so. Yeah. He's my brother. Like, I think there's different ways you can do that other than just having it be the same character. I mean, obviously, if it, it could be the same character that killed you. Or like, so- somebody who just picked up the mantle of so-and-so yeah. in a way. Or he was my leader and you killed him. Yeah, that's actually a really good idea. I would like to see that. Go, see, I'm just full of ideas. Forward. Everyone needs to listen to this podcast <laughs> and just use my ideas. They're free, you guys. Just listen to the podcast, <laughs> those please. Are, those are free ideas. I hear all the Tolkien nerds just, <laughs> you're so wrong. I, I probably am wrong, I but I. this isn't about Shadow of Mordor. This is about XCOM 2 with The Chosen because they also... When you defeat them, they're not really necessarily dead. They get some like pulled back to yeah. the regeneration chamber. But you do eventually. Uh, I mean, you're able Shadow to... Mordor is definitely not canon in any way. It's just a fun game. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and th- these chosen though in XCOM two, you can you can eventually kill them and be rid of them, which is like like I said, it's very satisfying when that happens. And, and like I said, it it's the only way to play that game at this point. It's great. And uh, I want to highlight Bloodstained, the, uh, I think it's Curse of the Moon, um, or maybe it has a different uh, subtext, but the it was the mini game version of the Bloodstained that's coming in 2019, and it was made by uh, Any Creates, and they, they're just, Any Creates is great at making games that are real retro and it just nails every like this castlevania type feel just so hard yeah and like it's got me really hyped for bloodstain coming out i just i just hope the full game is just even a smidgen of what this is because they struck everything it was such a good experience huh i always thought that 
you you didn't like that game because whenever I came over and saw you playing it, you would always kind of make fun of it and be like, "Oh, Castlevania wannabe." I mean, it is what it is, but I <laughs> like it's. I mean, would it's you got say a lot that of it's better than Castlevania. That that's too tough to call because it's out of place, out of time. Kind of it like Bloodstained is clearly like trying to be a new Castlevania, but obviously like rights reasons it isn't. And is it trying to do something? new and innovative not exactly no but but it it, once again they like any creates built it to be a retro experience and it seems just like a really good one of those like Mm -hmm. if this feels uh, just like a really really good castlevania game like really old nes style castlevania game okay so it's just nostalgia a little bit i i still think uh I think there's something for people who wouldn't have nostalgia for their that either. It just it felt good. It's it's real short, but it had a lot of replayability. I finished it several times to get all the endings because I was curious of like finishing it with different characters and finding out eventually. Like I didn't know my first time through that you could kill the uh, other characters you run into because you can you can have them join you and you can swap to them or you can kill them and get powers <laughs> from them. Which arguably that was the better. <laughs> it just like, absorbed their power. I, I became so strong when I killed everybody in one of the runs. <laughs> so I, it, it's it got a lot of cool little things. I don't and, need followers. I'll just kill you and take your power. And the story in that's like surprisingly good for just being, like I said, just kind of a retro experience. And it's a lead into the bigger game that's coming. Then, I mean, God of War, everybody has heard, is good, and it was <laughs> definitely my favorite game of all of last year, so... Like, not favorite, gonna... favorite, top, number one? It's my absolute number one. Um, but Smash Brothers is your forever. Smash Brothers is my forever game, but that's because it's a fighting game, and you can yeah. dump oh. a lot of time in that, but uh, God of War is definitely... It was my all-around best experience of last year. And uh, then one last game on this list, uh, Dead Cells. I cannot, I have not finished Dead Cells because I... <laughs> but I've, I love it. <laughs> I've got to the last boss. I don't want to finish it. He, I want it to just go on. The last boss shit all over me real hard. <laughs> I, I got to him, got him to about half health, and then he just crapped all over me. Um, and oh. I mean, it's a bit demoralizing when you have to... Like when you get that far and you have to go, all right, just got to pick up my pieces and go back through all this again. Uh, um, I feel you. And as much as you you can like sprint through it, but it's a little better to take your time and kind of get get as many cells as you can, get as many upgrades as you can, get as best weapon combo as you can. Um, and sometimes that's the thing on runs. You just get shit weapon combos. <laughs> um but yeah, Dead Cells is probably my number two. Ga- like, well, it's a little tough to actually put numbers to these uh, just off the cuff. But it's either my number two or number three because XCOM two is definitely up there. <laughs> so is Dead Cells like a? Is it a roguelike or? It, yeah, it's in the a Metroidvania roguelike oh, okay. that you'll have consecutive runs with different like because every new run you'll like start with different starting items and then okay. you'll pick up different items as you go so there's a little bit of rng there yeah it, a lot of RNG. <laughs> a lot of rng okay because well, the weapons like 
you may have a like ice like uh, this thing where you shoot like an ice blast but it might be a level one thing but okay. you'll obviously run into like a level three or a level four or a level five item that you may have to make the sacrifice just to have higher damage um and like i said you might you might not have an ideal weapon combo and you might find uh getting weapon combos that you were not expecting to like uh just by just because you're you have to sacrifice and be like okay i i absolutely have to pick up this level four item because i i'm not kicking out enough damage and then be like oh, yeah. i actually kind of i kind of like this i i know i was heavily resistant to using bows at first and then i came to really love bows so yeah that and it's it's got a lot of weird rng effects on items and weapons so definitely a highlight of last year i think worth checking out and anything i named was worth checking out in my opinion <laughs> um i mean that studio they came a long way um motion yeah. twin i mean the last game they developed before that was mush yeah and i guess everybody in that studio has kind of say over the development so if one person at the studio doesn't like how something feels they'll obviously take into consideration and yeah. like try and fix it and that game feels great like, i mean, just looking at their catalog it doesn't seem like anything else they've done is anywhere near the level of quality of dead cells so they've definitely put a lot of work into that yeah it's it's a good one um so we'll kick off the next part of this with what games are you looking forward to in 2019 frost what anything in particular you're looking forward to into the new year i don't know i guess kingdom hearts 3 i'm looking forward to it and that's here shortly i know on the 29th right i believe the 29th uh very end of the month it's gonna consume so much of my time to ruin people's uh valentine's day we'll see if it's good or bad (laughs) finally after all these years away i I welcome a game that can ruin my valentine's day because that'll just bring me back to my college days when uh, mass effect 2 came out and it just completely (laughs) destroyed our valentine's day because all we did was play it uh that would be i wouldn't mind um anthem I'm also looking forward to just because I like Bioware and I have to support Bioware. I don't care that it's like a Destiny game because I don't like Destiny, but I'm going to support Bioware. And ultimately, what I'm most excited for is the release date announcement of Dragon Age 4. That's what I. <laughs> that's the game I'm excited for. Probably not till uh, <laughs> 2021, 2025. Shut up. No, I. I'm definitely kind of on the Anthem train. I mean, looking through the list of 2019 games, like nothing else really stands out to me. It seems like most of the stuff I'm really looking forward to is beyond 2019. Uh, yeah, there so, are a couple of those. Uh, some, yeah. some vaporware type stuff. Yeah. It's like, um, where is it? Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> like Star Citizen. <laughs> All right. It's and, never going to. But I mean, I just I want Anthem to succeed. Because I don't want Bioware to go away. I'm afraid I, that they're going to go I away if Anthem fails. In that boat, though I think Anthem will sell. Um, it, it Anthem just, looks it interesting to me at, at the very least. I can't afford another failure like Andromeda. I, I really, I just, I, I think can't. There's going to be like a lynch mob for Casey Hudson. <laughs> Casey Hudson was he evolved in Anthem? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's what he's been working on. Oh, I thought he just. I thought his sole purpose was to come in. 
and scrap Andromeda and then leave. No, his, <laughs> I thought that was his like sole his purpose only. was to come in and save Bioware. <laughs> <laughs> he needed to save Bioware after he almost destroyed it. I don't think that was right for people to think that of him because I don't think the end of Mass Effect Three was nearly as bad as everybody wanted to piss and moan about it. Yeah, I I'm don't s- think it was Casey Hudson's fault. It's it's really hard to have diverging endings across three whole games um i think they brought it together especially when they released the um dlc afterwards and it just brought everything together a lot more nicely explained it a lot more sounds like over promising under delivering yeah (laughs) but (laughs) I, i just feel like they they tied it up a lot nicer than what people want to look back on and i still i mean i enjoyed the whole journey from mass effect one being like Mass Effect 1 and 2, and even 3. Like, there's a three of my all-time top All right. games. But even you three. Think- you know what? My third one was my favorite. Okay, Casey Hudson, if you're listening to this... I love you. Casey Hudson is definitely not listening to this. Casey if Hudson, you're listening to this, uh, friend boo. of the show, Casey Hudson. Um, <laughs> I could dream. I would do a Casey Hudson voice, but I have no idea what. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know what he sounds I like. I love you, man. Um, you keep doing you. So, uh, no Mass Effect in 2019. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you just went on this tangent for no reason. Because no. we well, were talking Anthem. about Anthem. It's Bioware. I just want more Bioware. You're garbage okay. person. I want more good Bioware. Let me let me be clear on that. I want good Bioware. I don't want any of this garbage that EA is yeah. like rebranding everything oh. else as Bioware. You haven't been balls deep into the Bioware. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> like Justin I'm, and I have. I'm waiting. No, you're not waiting for. I'm shit. waiting for Jade Empire <laughs> too. <laughs> I've been waiting. Well, you know what? I'm waiting for Neverwinter Nights, okay? Well, that kind of exists. There's the online version. I'm waiting for a new one. It's free. No. Yeah, I mean, I think overall 2019 is probably going to be kind of a stale year year for me. Year of Age of Empire 2019. (laughs) I mean, Jade Empire 2019. I screwed. I botched all that. Age of Empire. Age of Empires. Um, Uh, Empire Earth 2019. 2019. No, All right, yeah, I'm I gonna just... I'm gonna pop down my list and maybe because uh, I know you you guys were a little less prepared for this than I was, uh, but yeah, you because came, it was you... my segment. It's my thing. Yeah, Marcus uh, came. He came here with so, a spreadsheet. So if you have any of these uh, that you are interested in, just feel free to comment. Uh, a- Animal Crossing is potential. There's no date yet, but it's. Well, see, I don't have a switch a... yet, so that's a problem. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> see, I can't it, look forward to that. These are going to be a couple switch titles in a row. Uh, <laughs> Hence why Metroid Prime. I'm like I'm I'm terrible at platformers, especially Metroidvanias. Well, well, Met. Well, I mean, Metroid Prime was a little different. It's more of a first-person shooter. Oh, that's right. So, uh, Bayonetta three. I I never played any of the Bayonetta games. Uh, well, there is time on Switch because there is Bayonetta (laughs) one and two on Switch to get caught up real quick. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima Switch first is supposedly slated for next year, but there's no official date as far as I know for Ghost. So tell us about that one. That's the uh, samurai game that is by uh, the infamous team. Does that come out? Oh, okay. No, no. Um, Well, if it's by the infamous team, I might be on board with that because it looks really good. Having never beaten an infamous game, I really enjoyed how they played. Yeah, it, it looks open world in an open world samurai game. I'm like, I'm welcoming a new Animusha type game. And I mean, <laughs> I noticed there is, um, which I mean, we'll get to later, but uh, uh, the original Animusha is being remastered and re-released on PS4 and Xbox, I believe. Um, 
probably Xbox PC, probably everything, but uh, I'm buying it on PS4. <laughs> uh, but yeah, maybe maybe hope for new Animusha or Animusha Light games uh, is all I can hope for. Devil May Cry 5 coming out in March on March 8th. Uh, that game, I'm probably my absolute most hyped game of next year oh yeah well you would be hyped yeah, yeah. that's just <laughs> big devil may cry fan yeah and they had fudged it up and hadn't been doing that game justice for several years so i'm, <laughs> I'm pretty hyped for that kingdom hearts 3 i'm looking forward to and that's soon uh hopefully that's good but who knows sadly <sighs> more than kingdom hearts 3 and sooner than kingdom hearts 3 so this might be where i'm spending my time is resident evil 2 remake yeah that game looks incredible like it looks absolutely gorgeous uh sekiro uh, did they fix the camera angles with that yeah it's more of the uh i haven't been keeping up with the development of it it's more of the resident evil 4 camera but i bet you could change it back to the old static camera (laughs) i wouldn't be surprised uh i remember i remember an old skit about that um god what was that show called on G4, that review show. Uh, X-Play. X-Play. They did that. They did With that. Adam Sessler. Yeah, they did that Adam Sessler bit where he's like wandering through like the bathroom and stuff and the <laughs> angle changes. So he's just like stumbling around because I, I remember <laughs> that was good. going through door, like getting scared and going through a door and then being like, oh, crap. And then like keep I kept bouncing between the doors. Yeah, because the angle, you, the angle changes. You just keep going back and forth. Yeah, that those tank <laughs> controls were not good. Um, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. This is made by From Software, published by Activision. Uh, it looks really good on the surface, but it, I'm scared with Activision as a publisher. Maybe uh, corners might be cut. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It, but it's uh, supposedly gonna, going to be harder than a Dark Souls game because you won't have levels so it's it's more of just a straight up action game oh wow so i i'm actually looking forward that to that because that kind of levels the playing field because i know in dark souls games there are play styles people prefer because it, it it's easier to like cheese bosses in a way and i mean maybe some of that will exist but it looks like you're tied down to having to use certain weapons in this yeah um so it'll be i think more skill oriented um, and I really look forward to something like that. And that's slated for March 22nd. Um, Jump Force, I really look forward to um, as a huge fan of shonen like anime. And it's got it's got your Gokus. It's got Luffy. It's got, <laughs> it's got all your animes. It's it's got all those shonens in there. And I'm like, it, it, I'm more hype for this than I really should be. It looks <laughs> really cool. And uh Mortal Kombat 11 uh, slated for April 23rd. Uh, I hear that's going to possibly have a adventure mode that's more similar to Shaolin Monks. Hmm. So I'm excited to have that back in, in a Mortal Kombat game or just seeing that they're doing something different. And I, I really like the Mortal Kombat franchise, but I'm huge on fighting games as much as I'm not great at them in terms of... Uh, in terms of a competitive scene, in any sense, I just enjoy playing them for. Yeah, in terms of like playing against other friends, you just smear them across the floor. And... That's where I'm good. I, <laughs> Shaolin Monks was like the last Mortal Kombat game that I actually enjoyed. It was really fun, it was but a, very it was a hard. Hot minute ago, it's a very hard game. Surprisingly, Rage Two looks really interesting. Are you interested in that at all? I never played the first. So well, I, I mean, this is this is probably gonna be its own independent thing yeah it's true i mean and i am 
playing significantly more games now than I was a year ago. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I just think uh, you like FPS games. Kind of, it, it looks a little more up your alley than some of the others. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. I'm. I always get re- weird. Weird about what I play. It seems like it's just. I just have a strange interest in games. I mean, this looks like a cool Mad Max thing uh, so far. Put me back in Freelancer, but with HD graphics. (laughs) And and I'll play that. Oh, wait, it's Star Citizen, and it's just a pile of money. (laughs) It's just a big old pile of cash. And Crash Team Racing is last on my list, and that's slated for June 21st. So that's quite a ways out. Uh, But with everything they've been covering with, these rebuilds of some of these older games that Activision's been doing, they've been really good so far. And Crash Team Racing is like the only real competitor Mario Kart ever had. (laughs) Anyway, so that about does it for games, at least I am excited for so far that have been announced. I'm sure there might be some I missed. There might be other things that will show up in the coming weeks. Like I hear a uh, Nintendo Direct is rumored that's coming on the 11th or 10th, supposedly, which I highly wouldn't doubt because... What do you think they're going to announce? Well, I I think they're going to give solid release dates for some stuff because they need to... They need a spring lineup since that hasn't happened yet, and they... Last year they did. They need to show Reggie's face a little more. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they need to get him out there. But yeah, they did uh, one last year, a direct on the tenth. So around that same time, I think seems plausible. And like I said, there was a is a rumor going around that seems at least substantiated in some capacity that it's coming soon. And I've been being like theorizing that there's one a coming because they need a spring lineup since they have a lot of games that are. We know coming and have yeah. no release dates. And uh, they need that revision, that hardware revision, so I can buy one. Oh, and uh, what you, something that might be get shown at that is uh, the developers behind SteamWorld Heist and SteamWorld Dig hmm. did say, uh, we have news coming soon. And I know they've been very, like, Nintendo-friendly. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised to see that maybe in a, like, Nindies-type showcase in a direct that like a steamworld dig three which i would be super hype for like maybe a steamworld dig three and a steamworld heist two i'd be really hyped for either of those because steamworld heist is a it's it's kind of like xcom but like a side a side view xcom <laughs> 2d yeah you you bounce bullets um okay which is really cool you like can aim at the ceiling and ricochet it and hit somebody in the head (laughs) and (laughs) there's a lot of knocking people's hats off and wearing different hats uh that don't really do much (laughs) so team fortress 2 team fortress 2 uh, meets side scrolling (laughs) (laughs) anyway so that about does it for that segment uh right so i guess we should roll right into the news yes cover the news okay so last week we mentioned atlas and their rough their rough patch yeah a little bit of um patch. so that their team came out and they, they basically apologized for for having a rough launch um just to cut you off a little bit here um like i just think this is inexcusable because yeah. The arc was such a rough, like, long yeah. road of... You think they would have learned from Yeah, arc. I mean, it had issues of, like, being in 
alpha forever yeah. and then like them making and then these DLC having the content, same issues as those when it launched it's like inexcusable in my opinion it's like you know i, I Oh god! They and their their blog posts. You could say that we're off to a stormy start. Please stop. <laughs> it's <sighs> yeah, that. Uh, it's like if trying you're trying to, to submit a paper into a teacher and you didn't even bother to proofread it. Like, how do you fuck up? You can't. Like just just fucking go through it and look at it and make sure that it's what you want it to be. Like, well, it's I, weird just to not have the level of professionalism or polish like. The the company I think of when I think Polish is always Supergiant Games, but it's like those games didn't have any issues when they launched. Granted, they're like 100% in different spaces, clearly, but it's like, is it too much to ask that your game is like done? <laughs> yeah, it's almost acceptable. It's almost acceptable slash expected that a game is going to launch and there's going to be problems with it. Yeah, which, which sucks now. That's becoming more and more of a thing. And it, there's there's people that are dedicated to actually making fun of the glitches. Yeah. I mean, so they, they said our, our number one priority at the moment is tackling the stability, connection, and data issues. And we will make significant process over the coming days ahead. Um, and they also said that basically from here on out to expo- expect more updates to the game and acknowledge it from the studio. Because I guess for a while they have been a little radio silent. And I'm sure that's because they're just trying to <laughs> all hands on deck fixing what's broken, which shouldn't have been broken in the first place. That's too much upkeep and too much of a pain in the ass for a game. Like, I don't want to have to keep a hold of your Twitter and pay attention to your forum or whatever, or look for the updates and look for your stupid little apologies. I mean, is it just so like, just, I just, and I'm, is this game actually like launched or is it in early access? It's early access. Okay. So, but I guess but that's still, they're just going to do what they did with Ark again. Yeah. Like it's, it's again, the stuff that they should have learned from Ark. I just think your game needs to be even for early access, maybe a little bit more complete. I like, I mean, it's only 25 bucks, but they had to beat Fallout 76. Okay. (laughs) I wouldn't say they're all about that that competition. I think they're probably still, they're too small of a company (laughs) to to reach that kind of disappointment. Oh shit. (laughs) Try harder, get bigger and fail harder. Get swole. So there's, uh, up next we have a, so have you, you haven't played any elite dangerous, right? I have not. You're not much of a space captain i mean i i I think i like the idea i just don't uh play a lot of pc games so you're like kind of where that started yeah so you're like the type that likes hearing about the crazy eve battles where people are losing lots of money (laughs) rather than actually losing the money yeah i think that about sums it up uh so basically like the, the level of like simulation in um elite dangerous is like there's uh 400 billion star systems in the Milky Way. And I guess that's in the game. Jeez. Um, so so there's an area that's being uh, called Distant Worlds 2. Um, and there's going to be a journey. There's 4,600 players of the game are embarking on this journey that's a 200,000 light year journey across the solar galaxy. And it's just it's just big undertaking within the game. Like I, stuff like this, I think is really cool and makes me wish I actually had the time to dedicate to a game like this. Yeah, I always like large scale kind of 
life involving things are are cool but obviously uh when you're older and have a job and like <laughs> yeah other responsibilities it becomes real hard to always check in and do these things you don't have like deep pockets to be able to support a pc that can run that shit anyway <laughs> you have a job therefore you have more money but that's what they say <laughs> deep pockets uh that the government can dip into so let's see the uh the guy that wrote this article said he had the privilege of visiting the endpoint of the original distant worlds expedition in 2016 um he said in total more than 1300 players attempted the trip uh for distant worlds 2 the fleet will be even larger it's even larger second only to the 3000 player space battle uh that he wrote about in 2017 so this game has been it's basically like Eve 2 right now with the <laughs> amount of crazy stuff going on. Uh, um, to be young and in high school and have no time, have <laughs> indefinite well, time and no life to be able to play that. I, I'm curious to know like what the demographic of this game is. Yeah. Like, like who is playing this uh, and who has the time and resources to dump into something like this. Yeah. I mean, because when I play the same kind of people that can dump a lot of money into things like Hearthstone. because i mean when i was playing games like freelancer and then like getting into eve because i did play eve for a little bit and there were people that were around my age at the time which is like i was a teenager um and but then there were people that were like in their 30s and 40s that were also playing so it's just it's a pretty wide gap that plays these type of games yeah i'm just always interested to see numbers and statistics and maybe they don't have that yeah maybe not um up next uh the biggest kickstarter of the year uh it raised 6.2 million dollars and it is a board game uh, of course called tainted grail the fall of avalon hmm. i'm actually surprised i didn't get involved with this considering <laughs> how much i love board games yeah and wasting money on kickstarter <laughs> well you've been um, trying to cut back a little bit I you have, have been, a problem i've been it's... trying to be a bit better about kickstart stuff uh <laughs> i've been burned uh sort of uh yeah super dungeon explorer legends is still uh oh god a, a missing oh, oh no element uh oh, no. no update for years and i've oh, dumped no. like 300 something dollars oh, that. that sucks because the first one was so good yeah i'm just like waiting for a reply or a response and i i was actually checking just the other day at the comment section in there yeah there's still to a see just, just everybody sadness. upset being like it's been like 600 or like 700 days since our last update <laughs> and stuff like oh, that's rough yeah wow. we're just like oh well hopefully they don't dissolve or something yeah um so this is the same team behind this war of mine the board game have you heard of that have you played that or heard of i it haven't or? played the uh, the video game this war of mine either but uh, yeah i didn't know there was a board game um but i'm sure it's probably pretty good but i, I don't need to get hype about a board game it's the last yeah. thing i need why don't you try opening up the millions that you have already i'm trying but i'm here right now <laughs> recording this cast instead of playing your board games by yourself sad lonely board games alone <laughs> yeah i it looks like it could be an interesting game um unfortunately we are too late to 
get in on it. <laughs> At least if they're already, four. yeah. If maybe I can already, late back it. Maybe, maybe, maybe there's ways. There could be ways. Don't get me interested. Ways that I did we need not to get away from this topic. <laughs> ways I did not look into. Just remember your twelve steps, Marcus. But the, <laughs> relapsing, the, the final step of the. <laughs> that is not the final. Falling step of the twelve very steps. Very hard back into an addiction. That is the exact opposite of the twelve steps. <laughs> That's the last step, and <laughs> then you the rinse step thirteen, <laughs> rinse, wash, and repeat. <laughs> so uh, up next, uh, Blizzard is targeting Twitch chat toxicity with new Overwatch moderation scheme. Um, basically, for Overwatch official Overwatch events, they want people to link their uh, Blizzard account with Twitch. Do you think this will work? No. <laughs> I don't either. It's not going to yeah. It's a pretty dumb. I mean, people are going to be shitty no matter what accounts. Are. You can link it to their personal Facebook. I've seen Facebook is a wasteland of shitty people. It's, it's You can't you can't Trolls. be too much of a nanny because it's just not going to work. You can't. And you're just going to make yourself look like a boob you just can't yeah. stop trolls the aim is to create a more positive viewing experiences that they're just, saying i just, just don't i don't see it's it's not gonna work try don't even try that's how you get they're gonna in, that. they're encouraging people to be shitty with this <laughs> they use, they, they it's a challenge the trigger this is a challenge this is ju- just make me challenge me to be shitty so since um the whole smash thing with uh <clears throat> the Persona character Joker being announced as DLC. The now main protagonist of Persona 5. Yes. For our listeners and everyone in this room who didn't know. <laughs> I fucking watched the thing. Yeah, you Shut saw up. the announcement, but you didn't play the Persona 5. Okay. So there's I the rumors. I don't. Well, that's upset. <laughs> the rumors of it coming to Switch are intensifying. Yeah, isn't it Persona 5R? It, they, I watched a little snippet trailer for it and it just says more information's coming in march uh so it's a announcement of an announcement and this either well i mean it still could be a switch thing but i was like either it's a switch game or it's a uh more complete version of the game kind of like a game of the year edition with a couple extra bells and whistles i know uh one of my friends is saying it might uh, include a female main protagonist choice like they've done in the past for some of these. Uh, But yeah, just being probably just a more complete version or game of the year edition type of the game is likely. And then also once again, that coming to probably all platforms, like at least that it's already on and then switch included wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. Yeah. And wasn't there a couple others in there I know they registered a bunch of domains. Yeah, they registered a bunch of domains. This uh, article did not list all of them, but they just said that there was a bunch of domains that they just recently registered related to Persona. I cannot remember what they all were, but I know the the fan base for Persona is very ravenous and a bit divided because they're obviously the fans of the originals uh, when it was still kind of part of like a SMTs type spinoff. Before they eventually with Persona 4 Golden on the uh, Vita that they dropped the handle of uh, SMT or Shin Magma Tensei and that so they've like separated finally like fully from that in for both Persona 4 Golden as well as Persona 5. Yeah, but a lot of the original fans kind of want a uh, Persona 1 and 2 remake. 
And I don't know, I haven't been following too closely with that fan base, but I, when they say Persona 2 Remake, I always wonder if they include both the two different, because 2 was two different games. There was two entirely different games. So yeah. it's... Um, so I don't know if that includes both of those, but but they want a remake of one and two in more of a Persona Three style, which I would be one hundred percent down for, or even just a better three D rebuild of those to make those more accessible in today. Um, and I I would like to see, I mean, Persona Three, both Persona Three and Persona Four Golden uh, ported to more modern platforms like a switch or a ps4 or an xbox one or pc but that's that's what i would like to see from that franchise i'm i'm a little more on the smt side of this (laughs) uh yeah i enjoy the smt games a lot more um crap and i i had forgot to put that on my list that supposedly (laughs) there is a smt5 coming uh next year and i very much look forward to that um and that will probably be in that nintendo potential nintendo direct uh but be there but yeah i smt games are a little bit more adult oriented but that being another thing even from the persona fan base and the smt fan base that they want to see uh nocturne on ps4 rebuilt in some fashion and i would love that too which which nocturne is uh for people who don't know uh that is smt3 technically (laughs) technically yeah it did it was it just is. called Nocturne, like SMT Nocturne <laughs> oh, okay. in the US. So, and it featured Dante from Devil May Cry. It says that it said that right on the box. <laughs> <laughs> Buy your game, please. It has Dante in it. <laughs> that you back when he used to be a good selling point for things. <laughs> we heard you like Devil May Nowadays, Cry. it's we have Master Chief. Come buy our game. <laughs> We have Fortnite dances. <laughs> we put Mario in there. <laughs> um, are you familiar with Soldier Boy? Oh, I am very familiar. Do with you know Soldier Boy? Do you know he? Dirty feelings. Did you know he? He watch was going to launch back, some. Watch me roll. <laughs> do you know he was going to launch some video game consoles? And did he? Did he crack Did it? <laughs> Did he? Um, he 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 directly baited Nintendo on Twitter, <laughs> which was a mistake. <laughs> that was Do hilarious. you have verbatim what he said? Uh, I they don't have it pulled up here, but it was. I'm gonna pull it can, up and read it, find ver- it verbatim because it is. It was some so good. Funny. It was some good tweets. He's he was going hard at Nintendo. Bless his little soul. <laughs> um, but this is the best part of this is he was forced to pull the knockoff consoles and now the website redirects to the 3DS store. Stop. Oh my god. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> the the opening line of their this article um from Nintendo Life is what a surprise. <laughs> like this is definitely like the least surprising thing that has happened last year. I'm going to die of not surprise. I mean, him wanting to do the consoles was the most surprising, maybe. But the fact that they get they got they're getting pulled is not surprising at all. I just I don't understand why he would try that in the first place, because even in the music industry, he's not that famous. I just love how he after he announces the first one, then he's like, OK, here's another one called the Soldier Boy Mini. <laughs> I, this not being the tweet, but I just have to read this because he has it pinned. Um, granted, this was uh, apparently 26th of July, but it says in this world, you either or crank that Soldier Boy or it cranks you. And I think <laughs> it I think it, you. I think he got cranked. <laughs> 
Oh man. Have you found those tweets yet? I have not. Uh, here I found I got them. Okay, so verbatim. I got them verbatim here, right here. So it starts um Nintendo ain't going to do shit. If <laughs> Nintendo go- was going to do something, they would have the first day. My console not going anywhere. Everything I'm doing is 100% legit. Stay mad and I'll keep getting richer. Oh my god. It's so funny y'all don't know how business works. LMAO. Nothing is going to happen. Why y'all not bitching about the other companies selling consoles? Y'all don't want to see a black man get money LMAO trying to snitch on me, but I'm not doing nothing wrong. Haha, eat a dick. We're at 5 million in sales. Uh, and then he had like, <laughs> the, no he had like he the, sideways, the sideways crying laughing emoji with the flex emoji. Uh, next. Y'all don't scare me. I'm Soldier Boy. Stop. Fuck out of here. Stop. I'm not scared of Nintendo. None of you F word nerds. Really? <laughs> I'm not going to. I'm. I said verbatim. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, we can't. We can't right, say this. We'll, we'll censor it a little bit. Okay. I'll just. I'll just censor and post. Okay. Um. I'm not going to, I'm not scared of Nintendo or none of you nerds making oh. YouTube videos that eat a dick and thanks for the free promo. <laughs> <laughs> Unsurprisingly. Which I think some of that was a jab directly at JonTron because JonTron yeah. made a video about yeah. this and it was, uh, it is a very good video and it just be, I mean this. JonTron makes like the highest tier content well, when he actually does stuff. Sadly, there's not much to say about this. It's just so funny and surreal on its own. Like thinking if somebody told, like back when people were cranking that Soldier Boy, if somebody was like, yeah, in the future he's gonna be selling bootleg Nintendo consoles, you'd be like, you're insane, you're a crazy person. <laughs> yeah. Like newsflash. I mean, Soldier like the Boy. most litigious. That was like a 2008. Thing. Like they're yeah. they're the most protective of their intellectual property of any other like uh, video game company. And Aside he said, "You Disney. know what? Try me. I will super soak that hoe." <laughs> <laughs> they came at him, <laughs> and the world cranked him. I hope they crank him for all he's worth. Oh, what a time to be alive! <laughs> So we we mentioned dead cells a little earlier. This is probably more sad news for you that um, the designer of dead cells suggests that a sequel is unlikely to happen. I am not saddened by that because I hope I know they're getting a really big update to that game and I bet they'll continue to probably update that game and make it just the best possible game as possible. But I like that it can serve then as just a one off. I hope they can just go forward and make something else really cool. Yeah, well, um, actually, that's basically what his quote. Uh, he's if you create a big hit, it's best to use this energy to make something different. I like that. I, so, yeah, so it's like um, the animator Sinichiro Watanabe, uh, who did Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Champloo. And, Champlu. Champlu. Space I mean, and Space Dandy, obviously, basically just big on just doing one-off things and then just leaving them be i think it's the right way to be i also think of quentin tarantino yeah he really just does kind of like one-offs with the 
with the exception of like Kill Bill, I guess, which was kind of <laughs> yeah. a, it was meant to be anime like and a bit more hearkening back to uh, Japanese cinema of like the uh, like segmented thing. But it, it, yeah, just these one off very like original concepts. I and I'm all for that. I, I think always creating a new IP is is good. Yeah. And in other news about things not being made, the uh, Celeste team cancels Sky Torn. Which is kind of unfortunate because they've been working on it for years and it just sucks to see projects that have been years in the making scrapped. I mean, maybe parts of that will get recycled and put elsewhere, shuffled around. Yeah, you would hope so. I mean, I'm sure whatever it was, like, I'm sure that's always a hard decision by developers to just ax something because obviously labor of love and... Yeah. But uh, Celeste was such a big hit and it's... It, it just mechanically felt well and yeah. everything. So like maybe this just didn't feel good and like maybe there just were things that they couldn't get to feel the way they wanted. So maybe just axing it yeah. and maybe recycling elements of that in, yeah. and putting those into other projects or maybe several other projects. Well, the yeah. game designer said that the game couldn't decide what it wanted to be in the end and it just couldn't congeal into one thing. See, I think that's a smart so thing then because they scrapped it and they said that they learned a lot of lessons from it that they will continue to take on into other games so i think especially with the indie game market it's like you need to do one thing and do it to the absolute best yeah. like to, yeah because otherwise you're gonna spread yourself thin and then you'll you'll just be a big mess like you, you don't have the versatility or resources that super big triple a games have to be several things or do a whole bunch of dumb stuff yeah it was supposed to be uh, a metroid metro metroid metroidvania yeah and it was just it sounded like the plot was what was kept I'm, keeping them up i'm hearing that it was probably going to be a metroidvania i'm glad it got axed then because there is a surplus of games in that <laughs> right now that yeah. are absolutely like top notch so I, I don't even think it's a space you could compete in. Yeah. With all the attention and awards that Celeste got, I think it's a smart move to axe something that probably wouldn't have been as good as Celeste because they kind of set the bar high for themselves. Yeah, and I mean they I know some people preferred Towerfall, um, which I always wanted to play more Towerfall and hey, maybe uh maybe we can play some Towerfall sometime. <laughs> Um, on the Switch because it's new and shiny. Uh, but you're not going to get me to play any video you're, games. You're gonna, you're gross. You're gonna play some Towerfall. It's. <laughs> I always thought of it like an archery bomberman, but I know some people <laughs> like that a little better than Celeste. And I mean, it was a hit, but uh, Towerfall was like the proof of concept or reason to buy a uh, Ouya when that was a thing, which then got obviously shoved on every other platform oh my god i forgot that thing even existed oh, I, oh, yeah. I still have that packed away somewhere <laughs> i true story i kind of would like to see that because i've I never think it's in our i've never seen a You've new never seen one no it's it's here somewhere i've seen it around my computer stuff um and one of the last quotes that they had here and hopefully this isn't them like pulling the wool over everyone's heads and it's at an actual sentiment of the whole team but this is as much as we all love Sky Torn and how much it's meant to us over the last several years, we're excited for new things and new projects. I'm okay saying it was an amazing learning experience and we'll, we'll take all these lessons onto our next project. So hopefully that's like a sentiment of the whole team rather than just like 
the main guy saying, yeah, we act this. Um, this was actually how the company found out. <laughs> oh, yeah. We didn't know it was axed until that you guys made that news article. <laughs> yeah. Um, I look forward to anything from that team, though. Um, yeah. So. I especially after Celeste, I obviously I haven't beat the game, but I'm really enjoying what I've seen so far. Yeah, I think I think where you'll go with it, you'll like it even more. You're you're just <laughs> Touching the tip, the tip of the iceberg. Tip right of the now. iceberg. The tip, tip of, of the mountain. Yeah, the, uh, I'm at the base of the, the mountain. Very base. Base the camp. center. You're about middle way. I'm at, I'm at Mount Everest base camp five. Okay. <laughs> um, this is all other good news for you. Since being a big Devil May Cry fan, um, their Devil May Cry five director says he's gearing up for his next title after See, the got, first major update hits. You got me excited because I thought you were going to say that they were uh, <laughs> no, fi- it, fixing Dante's theme music. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, they're apparently not doing that. They are. Uh, I, I am excited to see what else they're working on. Um, hopefully a Devil May Cry six. Maybe not. Maybe something completely different. I, I think Devil May Cry five is uh going to make its money <laughs> so yeah it, it looks like it's going to be a big hit like i said that's my most hype game right now so i mean and i can't be alone in that that i know the uh the theme song uh for that the pull my devil trigger had like <laughs> millions of views within yeah. the first few days cyberpunk side scroller the last night runs into massive legal and funding issues i couldn't imagine why <laughs> Maybe name stealing, maybe yeah. concepts. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. So it was billed as a open world cyberpunk platformer. I don't know. No, none of that sounds interesting to me. And I love platforming. <laughs> <laughs> so it was going to be released in 2018, but it was pushed back. They also had to cancel a new trailer that they plan to uh, reveal at the Game Awards. Developers said they can't talk about the issues that his, his studio has ran into and asked potential investors to get in touch. Well, this won't end well. Mm, yeah. Um, and that's basically all we have for that. Is this it for the news? Nope. Is there anything else even uh, interesting, really? Uh, Mega Man 11 producer basically confirms that a new game is being worked on in 2019. Now, this could be one of two things. Mega Man 12. No, (laughs) most definitely not Mega Man 12. Uh, I know they said if Capcom has stated if Mega Man 11 and as well as even the X collection sold well enough, they would be making a new Mega Man X. So it could be that I, and I think Mega Man 11 did sell pretty well. Yeah. Um, but if it's not that there was a game in the works or at least conceptualized by the director prior to Mega Man 11. And he was, he was really excited for it. Whatever it was, he said it was going to be a new IP that would be super exciting and fun for people. Yeah. But he got put, he got tasked with Mega Man 11 and he thought making Mega Man 11 was more important at the time because it had been dormant for so long as a franchise. And he was like, we do need to prioritize like our older franchises over a newer franchise. Yeah. Um, but 
and maybe Mega Man 11, if it is whatever his other idea was, maybe Mega Man 11 served as some inspiration or will some of the ideas might got stirred up and yeah. might end up over there. Uh, whatever it is, I look forward to it. Yeah. I mean, they obviously did a really good job with Mega Man 11. A lot of people like that game. It pleased me. <laughs> and I am a Mega Man fan. So, so uh, <laughs> uh, speaking of things that pleased you or something that you're going to hate. <laughs> Everyone's uh, favorite Fortnite streamer Ninja. made, yep, made almost ten million dollars last year, uh, reportedly uh, pre-tax. Uh, basically, about seventy percent of that income came from Twitch and YouTube. Why is that news? Through ads and subscriptions. I mean, I just what? find it wrong that even a, a person <laughs> as a streamer it's can news make because, that much money. Because it's, I think it's interesting to see like how these people that are playing games are making a shitload of money. Yeah. But that's been a phenomenon for the past, like what, five, six years now. Mm, I mean, this not, is just insane. Yeah. Like, not really. 10 to this million level. in yeah. a year. Yeah. But the, the, and he has like sponsorship and, deals with like Samsung, Uber eats, well, Red Bull. Has Markiplier and PewDiePie made just as much. No, <laughs> well, they, they've made more collectively they, over all the years they've been yeah. popular, but and Ninja they do making, other things. Like on, pretty much the only thing Ninja has been doing is playing games like PewDiePie and Markiplier. Like they've been working on other things to make money because the YouTube well has dried up. I mean, basically. Ninja making 10 million in like basically a year. He he only became super relevant towards the end of last year. Yeah. And yeah, so it's like all this just in a year of being popular and kind of coming out of nowhere. Like I hadn't heard of him at all until Fortnite streaming. I don't even know if he was doing anything before that. I don't think so. Um, He streams like 12 hours a day. Oh, my God. That's 4,000 hours of Fortnite. I can't even sit for 12 hours a day. Yeah, I, I know yeah. they get up and stretch and do things, but I mean, I I couldn't do, do that. Dances. I'm impatient. I, I literally don't care. <laughs> Hearing about, oh, this person makes this much money playing video games is just kind of an old. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like to see stuff like that. Maybe our audience might. Who I, knows? <laughs> I don't myself because I always think uh, it gives it gives the younger generation kind of delusions of grandeur in a way of uh, I, I think even the YouTube con- content is a little bit damaging to youth because obviously yeah when, kids I want to grow up and be ninja yeah when when we were growing up obviously like nobody was playing games because there was like potential like a a pot at the end of the rainbow there was, I don't was know just, what you're talking about I I <laughs> you, you never thought oh I'm gonna make money playing a game I uh, I basically worshipped what oh God, I we mentioned his name the other day but I can't remember all of a sudden oh the uh, quake guy yeah um, yeah but I mean like those tournaments had such small pots like i mean he did get a ferrari but it's nothing compared to today today and it just gives i think it gives kids the wrong idea not like i mean go play games be competitive get into like please get into esports play to the absolute best of your ability but i i just don't think uh you should put like you're so much focus on being i've i've even been to local uh game joints of like tournaments yeah and there have been younger kids being like oh, i'm gonna be a professional gamer when i grow up <laughs> yeah no you're not and, yeah it's like <laughs> that's it's, it's even less of an odds of being an nfl player 
yeah well, and I mean, like, like lightning striking and like hitting a lottery when it's like it's not a thing and i i think i mentioned before probably, all i have to say is it's 2019 get out there and live your best life <laughs> yeah if that's gonna be their dream as a snot-nosed kid like whatever have yeah fun. i mean they'll kids, get hit kids with, let kids dream for, they'll, for they'll sure get hit right? with reality soon enough i just think it's it's not a soup like People that make it, they make it, but it's not going to be everyone. I, I know I've seen uh, I've seen very depressing videos of people who were like, I've streamed every day yeah. for years. And I never I made like anything. Nothing to show for it. And they, they were like, it basically destroyed my life. And that's upsetting. Like turning away friends and everything yeah. just to do this seems insane. And I just, like I said, I, I just dread uh, a future for for kids where they are turning down social gatherings or hanging out with people in person to stream or just to play a game or even being so uh, like like when i was at these places playing uh competitively i know some people got so competitive that like you couldn't be friends with them yeah it gets really toxic when you get competitive sometimes yeah and i i just i fear that i mean that's uh, why i don't play competitively in any regards because it just it, it's too much i don't think this is anything new this has existed for as long as uh, video games have been out, or there's always going to be those people that just choose to waste their lives doing this. And I don't think it's any different than it was like 10 years ago. I, I just think it's more widespread is all. Yeah. It, it's, it's just more, more pervasive. I, I'm just saying when we were kids, we just like, maybe there were people we played games because we and, wanted to play games. Yeah. There, maybe there Not were because people we were like, we're going to be a big streamer and, I mean, it, it's fine to be like, I'm going to be the best at this and have that attitude. It's 100% fine to do well, that. I'm just talking about like choosing to turn down social activities because they're so invested in a game. Like, mm. I think that's, that's okay from time to time, but just I mean, there's plenty worried. of people when we were kids that would do shit like that. Like, I've, I've had a couple of boyfriends that would just, uh, I can't go out on a date. I, I have a said, guild meeting at 7 p.m. Oh, I, I see there was the stuff. past tense in that. <laughs> what? There was the past tense of had boyfriends. <laughs> yeah, I've had boyfriends. And you left them. Yeah, you see, I did. Because they because were they bad people. Time, bad. <laughs> um, but, and I, I also think, uh, I know I mentioned uh, in, turn in the tournament scene, especially for fighting games, it's like the drastic difference for in money made for people taking the number one spots versus people taking the number two spots, which is pretty consistent. Like, it... Just these people are kind of continuously number two and never reach the number one spot. And the number one person is making more money and probably at more tournaments than the people placing second. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Next, I probably should have mentioned this when we already talked about Bandersnatch, but apparently Bandersnatch was so complicated it actually delayed Black Mirror season five. Well, that's interesting. I I'm very I like Black Mirror, so I I need gotta, to check that out. You definitely just have been to check it out. Black Mirror is one of my favorite series. I've been playing some games. Clearly, <laughs> well, I, you can play some I Bandersnatch. Quite a few games. I think you'll like it a lot. Let's see, Activision CFO fired joins Netflix. For Bandersnatch. <laughs> more more Netflix games in the future? <laughs> I 100% wouldn't doubt that. I, I Like I said, I don't know how some of that, uh, that Minecraft story mode, and I think there's a few other interactive things, but Puss they, boots. Are, <laughs> they, they are definitely Minecraft. interested in being game type stuff. A platform. But I mean, he's kind. CFO. I mean, chief financial officer. I don't 
know what bearing that has to do with any games really so i mean well he'll dictate where finances go yeah that's true allocate some resources maybe free up some resources project cars developer is apparently making its own vr capable console i think this is a sad story yeah that's i don't we don't need more consoles you guys stop making (laughs) consoles just look at soldier boy look how it turned out for him don't do it just stick to the main ones please the world will crank you (laughs) (laughs) if you do this prepare to get cranked a uh, hacker seized control of more than 70,000 Chromecasts to promote PewDiePie. This is getting gross. I don't and th- <laughs> I don't like how they're calling it hackers. They're just they're scanning ports for specific ports that Chromecast use and if your network is unsecured, they can just connect to your Chromecast over the internet and they're just displaying a page that says, "Hey, subscribe to PewDiePie." <laughs> this this whole PewDiePie war against T-Series is kind of getting out of hand. It's it's still going. Shit. It's I'm, still going. Yeah, I'm like, it's... It, I'm on PewDiePie's will, side. <laughs> it's oh, a losing battle. Yeah, it's, it's, it will eventually pitter out, but... There's no... I mean, there's no way because, I mean... I mean, right now it's just shenanigans, but I, I, I know some yeah. of these meme-type things get out of hand and people do get hurt. Yeah, I... And the thing is that... The thing I find frustrating with the whole... PewDiePie vs. T-Series is that like they're saying this isn't true but I think like people are like automatically getting signed up and subscribed for T-Series when they sign up for the internet over in India because like a company started providing cheap internet to India so like a lot more people than ever before have Oh so you have to be in India in order for that to automatically sign you up? I don't know I think it's it's like that internet provider or it's some sort of influence because you look at the amount of subscribers they have and you look at their recent videos like I looked the other day and like a video that PewDiePie uploaded the day before had 6 million views um, and then T-Series with basically the same amount of subscribers had less than 500,000 views on their their video that was posted three days ago. Mm-hmm. So like there's n- almost no interaction compared to how many subscribers they have. So they're gaming the system. And I think what who is affected by this the most are individual content creators. Do you think YouTube itself is or is YouTube itself against PewDiePie? I think it's so too. I, I think YouTube hates PewDiePie. Yeah, since, since when has that been a secret? But they want him gone. But I mean, I think YouTube kind of hates individual creators at this point. They just want the Jimmy Fallons and the Will Smiths. They want all the big they people. They will quickly they find everyone become, leaves yeah. their platform. They and just want to become the second cable TV. And and speaking of that, I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, I, I love Jack Black, and he he just signed up for YouTube with his son to do a gaming channel and. Like they haven't even produced any content and they already have like 2 million subscribers. And it's just like, it, it's one of those things where it's like, it's big people who are already famous against people. Like this was a platform meant for the little people to get on and See, show their content to everybody else. That How many and, and times are my, we going to talk about this? This is my contradict. Like I feel so conflicted with this Jack Black thing because he gets it. Yeah, you can like, tell he gets it, but he's still like, it's, it's, it's hard still for me. just like, I just don't like the idea of being like, I'm making a game cast and almost like I'm a normal human. And then yeah, it's like, you're, but you're 100% not. not like, I mean, you're probably less so than Will Smith, like, but <laughs> two, two million organic users, organic views, all just 
That was easy. Yeah, <laughs> nothing. Just you just sign up and make a promo. Just, and I have a name. Front page of Reddit the first day. <laughs> not that Jack Black. It's 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 not him. It's just a, a lookalike. <laughs> so, um, he did look pretty old and crusty now that you mention it. <laughs> let's Jack gas. We'll talk about this one now. How about Amazon reveals top 100 gaming products sold in 2018? Um, You're going to go through all 100? No, no I'm just, just I'm going to list the You're top 10. <laughs> so I have, to, I have to get to the list. This actually comes in from Nintendo Life. Let, let, only... let, me, let me guess who's number one. Uh, is it Smash? We'll find out. <laughs> um, yeah, this comes in from Nintendo Life, and they actually went through the whole list and only put the nintendo stuff on <laughs> they skipped uh, everything else and just this is all the nintendo stuff that's we really on the list that list they're they're like over half the list actually <laughs> nintendo stuff is i mean the switch had a very good year so it's coming in at number 10 25 gift card for xbox live or xbox oh you're store. starting at the bottom yeah i'm starting at, I'm, can you let me guess we're, some of these? we're gonna we're gonna david letterman this uh okay what's number nine Number nine. Ooh. Uh, oh God. <laughs> is it? Is it God of War? Maybe Red Dead. Nope. Okay. It's a ten dollar Xbox gift card. Oh God! I would have never guessed. Uh, <laughs> okay. Number eight. Give me. A, give me. No, a hint. Not is all it of a these. Real game? Actually, is it a real? Game only one game? of these on the list is a real game. Only from, one of them from the top ten. Well, I'll never guess that. Okay. You. Don't, okay. So number eight is a Switch Pro controller. That's upsetting. Number seven is a $50 PlayStation Store gift card. Number <laughs> six. spenders over there. No. <laughs> number six is a Switch. Number five, uh, 12-month membership to PlayStation Plus. Number four, Switch uh, screen protector. <laughs> number three, $20 PlayStation Store gift card. Number two, $10 PlayStation Store <laughs> gift card. And number one. Is it either smash it's smash okay it's smash number one is smash yeah <laughs> that was i thought that was a pretty strange list it's kind of surprising because that that covers the whole year yeah that's what they're saying is 2018 sales because smash okay. is like just december yeah. the 100 best selling products under video games category throughout 2018 in the u.s was just everybody slapping the order button? <laughs> just on everyone the, on just Smash. buying all the Smash. I could say my Smash. I mean, it came out at the very end of the year. Mine did not come from Amazon, so I did not <laughs> contribute to whatever weird numbers they had. For yeah. That. Uh, let's see. Former Hearthstone developers are working on a new Marvel game. Is it a card game? We we don't know. We but, we know nothing really, but I is it probably a card? game? But with their pedigree, it's probably a card game, and it's probably going to be pretty solid. I'm interested. Um, we'll have to wait and see, but I'm... I'm going to collect all the Loki cards. I'm peaked. <laughs> um, I knew you were my husband for a reason. <laughs> uh, next. Xbox One game controller might get a new upgrade, according to Microsoft Patents. The reason I say might is because it's not clear in the patents whether it is for the Xbox One. It's just controller-related pat patents. It could very well be for the next... Xbox. Mm, that's actually probably likely. Yeah, I mean, but I'm basically the patents. Um, Do you think maybe both? Could be. Maybe, maybe some cross compatibility controller wise. I mean, I would always I love hope, to see that, but I know. I hope so. I mean, especially I know considering that doesn't happen a lot. <laughs> especially considering I bought a hundred fifty dollar. <laughs> 
uh, want a Xbox new, Elite controller? Expensive controller? <laughs> Do you want a two hundred fifty dollar Xbox controller? I, th- yeah. I think Xbox is going to actually w- work the uh, accessibility angle and I think make so. it easier to transfer, like go between from one yeah, console to the next. I that think seems so. Like the angle they want to work. Um. So basically, the two patents. The first one is uh, triggers with an input device with linear geared feedback. And the second for triggers with the motor-driven adjustable tension. Um, so I think basically what is going to happen with this is it's going to make shooting a gun more realistic feeling. Yes, that's uh, exactly <laughs> what everybody needs to feel more like they're shooting a gun when they're <laughs> playing a game. I mean, I... Makes the killing feel real. I'm all for this. <laughs> I think it... it I mean, it's just the, the, the thought of that and technology sounds And they'll put HD Rumble awesome. in there so it feels like a real gun. Okay. Oh, <laughs> that, that'd be some supreme it, your controller has kickback now you better you better hold you need, that to your you, shoulder yeah i was gonna say shoulder like yes. that controller god damn it <laughs> don't hold it up to your face you're gonna bash your nose in <laughs> don't try to snipe someone some real haptic feedback <laughs> and they're gonna have a new feature where you just turn it vertically instead of holding it like normal horizontally <laughs> just you gun. just turn it the next controller is a real gun. You're shooting from the hip all the time. And that's all for today. This is Justin signing off on the LGA podcast, the first podcast of 2019. It's going to be a big deal. We've got a lot of stuff coming up for the whole year, you guys. As always, check us out at litgamingarena.com. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash litgamingarena. Twitter at litgamingarena. Come to our Discord. Join the community at chat.litgamingarena.com. You can check out our game and chill and work and chill hangouts we do. Just come hang out with us and be a part of the community. Uh, there's usually someone always in there. And of course, we are going to be doing uh, audio reviews of games. We do not have a an official name yet, so... Uh, stay tuned for when we start posting those they will be on a separate feed and we will let you know what the feed is but they will all be posted to the website so be sure to go to lakegamingarena.com and we hope to see you back here next week That's right. It's 2019, a new year. We got all sorts of new stuff coming. We got <laughs> we, we got your glue glabs and your ploops and <laughs> we did it. Read you guys. me a new story for once, He-Man. Jesus. I just want to hear one good shred of news this week and you bring me this swill. 